Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. And today I am talking about how does the Bible describe weak women? And how does the Bible describe strong women? I'll do the strong women tomorrow. And today I'll focus on what the Bible describes as a weak woman. Well, we do need godly examples of women who are strong in godly ways. These women who are strong in the right ways are not really seen by many. This is either because the culture tries to hide them from us or because these strong women are truly godly and thus they're doing their work in humble background ways and they don't seek promotion or limelight. Now, there are many weak women in Christianity, too, and lots of these women are seen. Weakness is described as, quote, a lack of strength, whether physical or spiritual. Scripture attributes weakness to human sin and foolishness and urges believers to find their true strength in God alone. That's from the Dictionary of Bible Themes. Now, the weak women I am thinking of and referring to, we see are raised up on influential platforms, but they're just paper tigers. These are not the actual strong women of God. They are, in fact, weak. They use their influence to publicly nurse wounds, and they have navel-gazing psychology sessions that they call Bible lessons. All this has confounded the sisterhood with a wrong notion of what strong really means. So how to tell the difference? Let's have some biblical clarity on what these terms mean in God's economy. Now here's a quote from Beth Moore. She said, but I do want to say that I have always been strong-willed. That's the quote that got me thinking about what is truly a strong woman and what is truly a weak-willed woman. Well, weak women give in to what they want, whether God wants it for them or not. Weak women give in to sin. In many of the cases, these weak women want to preach, which is sin. The Bible declares one type of weak woman in 2 Timothy 3.6. It says, For among them are those who slip into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins and led on by various impulses. Now, the context of that verse from 2 Timothy 3, 6 is that Paul was writing to Timothy that in the last days, difficult times will come. Then Paul lists an astonishing array of sins, which will come to characterize the era, including false teachers who insinuate themselves into the church and capture weak women. The false teachers do this because... 
They're fueled by Satan and it to help for Satan to have weak women to do his evil bidding. Why? Because these women are easy to capture. Different translations of the verse use the word instead of weak women, gullible, vulnerable, idle, or silly. So what makes these women that Paul mentions weak or idle or silly or vulnerable or gullible? It's sin. The verse says they're weighed down by various sins and led away. Titus 1.11 says pretty much the same, that these false teachers aim directly for these women. And in the Titus verse, they're successful and they disrupt whole households, the verse says. So here's a warning for Christian women. Sin makes us silly, weak, vulnerable to false teaching. So we need to repent often. Barnes Notes explains about these weak women who are laden with sins. It's that commentary says, quote, with so many sins that they seem to be burdened with them, the idea is that they are under the influence of sinful desires and propensities, hence are better adapted to the purposes of deceivers. And as for the led away with various lusts, Barnes Notes says, with various passions or desires, such as pride, vanity, the love of novelty, or susceptible to flattery so as to make them easy prey to deceivers. End quote from Barnes Notes. So their sin has made their mind weak and their morals corrupt. These weak women have given in to pride, ambition, flattery. And I really liked Barnes's note that these weak women are also ensnared by novelty. How many religious trends or fads do we see women jumping onto? Just in my short time of being a Christian since 2004, Blue bracelets, prayer rugs, contemplative prayer, promise keepers, purpose-driven, Daniel fasting, Lectio Divina, direct revelation, all fads, anything new or novel that comes along, and these weak women leap onto it as if it's the second coming. Now, before I move on tomorrow to describing godly strong women, I'd like to mention that the weak women, especially the women in the preaching pack, do two things that are offensive to me. The first is that rather than ensure their behavior or their worldview is not born out of sin, they lack repentance, these women co-opt God himself into their sin and assign him as the cause of it. I'm highly offended by this. I'll give you an example. Beth Moore said of the early days of her preaching to men, by the way, back when she had two young children at home, quote, I didn't have some big plan. I just knew 
God was calling me to take one step of obedience. And that's what I've been doing ever since. End quote. Well, sure, it's a humble brag, but she co-opts God into the cause of her preaching, which is a sin. Weak women put the onus for their sin onto God. They're so weak, they won't take responsibility for their choices. Never mind repent. They deflect, saying, oh, little old me was content staying at home, but God called me into this. Who am I to disobey? I've seen that excuse from Jenny Allen, Beth Moore, Christine Kane, lots of other women in the pack. They don't say what's really going on, which is, I wanted to preach, so I did. Weak women give in to their sinful desires. Look at Genesis 2.18 and Genesis 3.16b. Weak women blame and deflect. Genesis 3.13. The second offensive thing to me that weak women do, and this will probably be controversial, is harp on quote-unquote, abuse. Abuse would be anything to these weak women, from truly awful sexual abuse or terrible domestic violence, all the way to being ignored in a car, which is a complaint that Beth Moore actually wrote about, or of not being thanked for wearing flats so the men around her would feel taller Another one from Moore. These are complaints that she has written about. This abuse focus is truly a grief to me. It's awful how these weak women have twisted abuse to their own corrupt ends. For example, have you noticed a lot of these women claiming to be strong are in what's known as a survivor camp? They constantly refer to men as abusers or oppressors. These are their brothers, remember, and constantly bring up their own abuse or others' abuse. These women who preach and teach sinfully insinuate that every man sitting in a pew is just an abuser waiting for his moment to become a violent oppressor against innocent women who unhappily meander into his proximity. Sometimes they accuse whole denominations. Beth Moore did. And Amy Bird. I'll read this quote from Shane Anderson, who wrote, She, Amy Bird, admits over and over in writing and interviews that her impetus for writing has often been Situations in which she feels offended as a woman, slighted or personally neglected. Her teaching is ungodly. It does not arise from unreserved faith in God's word, but from dissatisfaction with her experiences. End quote. Oh, how many of these platformed weak women can we assign that same description to? feeling offended or personally neglected. Rachel Green Miller wrote about women who are, quote, belittled 
as if that's anything. I hope and pray that if any of these survivor type preaching platformed weak women reading this or listening to this, who are supposedly advocating for the abused, that tomorrow when I post what a truly strong Christian woman is, that they would be embarrassed for their ridiculous and petty complaints. They are weak females whose basis for ministry rests on a wounded dove cooing weakly in the dirt or is saturated with nursing old wounds they love to pick over. These women do not base their ministry on the foundation of the transcendent rock who endured all the abuse, all the pain, the loneliness, neglect, rejection, hatred, and reviling there ever was or ever will be. No one knows more than Jesus how it feels to experience all those things, yet Packs of women trade on their feelings as wounded snowflakes and exploit their hurts. And for what? Attention? Fame? Power? Money? Well, weak women are led away. It's easy to give in to sin. It's hard to subdue one's sin, to mortify it. It's difficult to keep in the prescribed roles and bounds Jesus has for us. It takes a strong woman to resist sin, but a weak woman succumbs to them. Now, tomorrow I'll do what is a strong woman according to the Bible, and I have a link to another resource from Owen Strand called Are Godly Men Weak? or strong. And I'd like to end with a note that I have on the blog about abuse. I have a couple of asterisks when it, where I use the word abuse, and I will make a disclaimer about abuse, a disclaimer. I am aware that true abuse exists. I am quite familiar myself with various kinds of abuse quite familiar. I am sensitive to the hurts that various kinds of abuse cause. And I know the impacts of true abuse are wide ranging and long lasting. I am not dismissing true abuse. I am offended by the use of abuse as a cover for sin, as an excuse for behavior, or as a merchandising of a ministry. The reason I don't speak of the various kinds of abuse I personally have endured is because it doesn't matter. It's of no consequence. It doesn't figure in. Why? Well, first of all, Jesus took the wrath for anyone who abuses but later comes to fate. Abusers are not usually saved people who can't, unsaved can't help their lusts. And if they are saved people, we need to forgive and remember that Jesus took all the abuse on the cross 
including separation from the father who turned his face away. How does my experience of abuse compare to that? Secondly, these snowflake ladies turn any little bump in the road into abuse. They have abused the word abuse so that anything that offends them, they claim is abuse. It's not. And thirdly, others have suffered so much more than me. And not because of another's sin, which is to be expected in the world, but for the name of Christ. Paul, for example, experienced abuse, physical and spiritual. Stephen was martyred. Silas went to jail with Paul. Mary, the mother of Jesus, endured it. And many others in history. And you'll see some of them in tomorrow's post or podcast. So... My final thought on abuse is, ladies, let it go. Yes, you were hurt. So are most people. You're not special with your pet abuse you carry around. Lay it down at the cross. As Jimmy Buffett said, breathe in, breathe out, move on. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.